It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Thank you. That's not for you. That's for you. No. Well, okay. I'll take it. Who's it for? It's for the people that suck at relationships. And I'm Shadow Stevens. Happy birthday, Shadow Stevens. Is it? Yes. Today? Yes, it is Shadow's birthday. Get out of here. Yes, it is. Our announcer. Happy birthday, Shadow. Shadow, if you're listening, thank you so much. Yes. You've made us who we are today. Yes, you have. Uh, No, that that round of applause is for people who suck at relationships but try but hmm. at least try at our, who are t- tuning in today. Try to not suck. Yeah, who are tuning in today to to get better at them. Who tries at sucking? No, uh, it depends on what kind of sucking you're talking about. Okay. You know. I mean. Okay. Yeah. I know the people. This is what this show is about today. The people who just you know they have a hard time in relationships. They can't get in them. Can't make them work. Can't get, can't out, get of out of them. It's just, and this pattern continues with them, and they go from one bad relationship yes. to another. Hmm, that's really sad. Yeah, and I, I believe that there's hope, and there's enlightenment, and there's guidance available. And we have today with us, I call him the guru of relationships, because uh, if you read his book, and he's written a few, but the last one, Relationship Magic: Waking Up Together. Uh, Guy Finley, it is truly a magical book. It is truly a magical, lovely book about relationships, how to do them, uh, how to make them successful and suck less. Suck less. Yeah. Is that next to the pay less? <laughs> yes, next the uh, suck less store. So when, I mean, are you aware of friends or people that you know that um, go from one bad relationship to another? Friends and people, uh, hello. You? What about me? That was me. That was you? Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. So I am this person tuning mm. in today to listen to what we are talking about because I was that. And I know a lot of people and you do too. And you were a little of that. Come on. Okay. I guess I was. You I, mean, I mean, you, I, I, I didn't, I don't think I sucked at it. I think the relationship were very satisfying and so the relationship kind of suffered but it wasn't necessarily uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it's my fault or it wasn't my fault it was just it, it just a bad coupling so you don't take any responsibility of maybe of course I take, I take much responsibility what? for making decisions that kept me in it for as long as it was or made me get out of it so I, I, of course I take responsibility um, so that you know, uh, but I don't know if it was um, I, a pattern within myself that caused me to go from one bad relationship to another. I don't see that as happening. No, I don't think so either. And by the way, I think uh, going from one relationship to another is part of living and learning. Correct. And getting better and getting clearer. As long as you don't repeat past mistakes. Right. Sometimes, though, we do in order to get it 
And I just, I don't know. I feel like I, I, that was me. And yeah, I did from, I, you know, I repeated certain patterns until I put my hand up and I said, that's it. That's enough. And I want to live differently and I want to love differently and, and life's too short and there's got to be a better way. But that was a decision. That's a decision you got to, you have to come to. And I did when I did. Once you realized It took me a while. That's the problem. It took me into my twenties and thirties and forties and almost out of my forties to get there. Some people learn earlier. Some people get it younger. I did not. I am a late bloomer, mm-hmm. as we all know. Okay. And proud of it. I mean, I didn't, you know, I wish it had happened sooner. I wish I had gotten that epiphany or that those skills or tools earlier in life. But you know oh, what? I'm a Should, wise dame, eh? Yes, I am a wise dame. Because of that, because it took me so long. So on one hand, you know, I, by the way, I make a big point of this in my book. That's my forthcoming book. It's not out yet, but I just finished a first draft. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. No, stay tuned, everybody. Yes. Um, it's coming. The book is coming. I make, and I, and the whole late bloomer um, premise is so, I really drive it home because I feel like some of us, just don't get it until we're older. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And and I if I wasn't if I hadn't been a late bloomer, I would not have this wisdom that I have today. And I wouldn't have the stories to tell. Does that make sense? Um, to you. Um, well, it, it, what you if <laughs> you know what it it's, I say this all the time. If you had met me 10 years ago, I don't know if this would have worked. It may not have. You were trying to have a kid 10 years ago. Right. I was in a different place. I was a different person. I was getting to where I am right now. And that took a while. So I did suck at relationships because first I didn't, wasn't really in a hurry to be in one. So I can't really say there. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that either, by the way. It's not, it's not like a flaw just because you don't want to be in one. I think it's really important. Re- that's, that's important to There's let no judgment. It be known that you know you do not have to be in a relationship to have a fulfilling life. You do not. Nor do you have to have kids, and nor do you have to be married. You don't. You just you you know you call your own shots. You make your own rules. This show is for people that want to be in a relationship and want to have a life with a partner and want to know how best to do that. And how to be the best partner you can be with your partner. I think that's the goal of our of our program. Yes, but there is no judgment just in case you don't. No judgment. At all. So you don't, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you just because you're not in a relationship. Although I will say that there were plenty of times I did feel like there was something wrong with me. Hmm. And that why wasn't I able to uh, attract a solid person that that had good intentions and and wanted to commit and you know had sh- shared goals. It was hard. It was a hard. It was a tough slog. At uh, at what point was it that you realized that uh, it wasn't the other person so much, but maybe it was yourself? Um, great question. I. 
gosh, I think like after the third or when I really wanted to get into a relationship, when I was ready and then the guys weren't ready for me. That is when that, that was a tough time. That was in my 40s and the clock was ticking and I felt all kinds of pressure and urgency and mm, terrible judgment and self-loathing. It was bad. It was, this is what happens when you feel like, oh man, why does it elude me? What is this? Why can't everybody, why, why is it that everybody else can get married and have relationships? Which isn't true anyway. That's not the case. What was your original question? I already forgot. What did you ask me? With that, uh, you know, at what point during these relationships did you stop thinking that it was the other person's fault and maybe it was your own? So uh, I, I, that made you realize. Because I don't, I don't know, maybe it was just the, the, the dating pool I was in was of a certain age and most of the guys I was dating uh, were like two seconds divorced. Oh, well, that's a... That's a red flag, I think, right there. I know, but that's all I was. That's all I could find at the time. Okay. So everyone was around my age, so late forties, fifties, and you know, the single guys were just getting out of their marriages, and they were, you know, beaten up and broken down, and they were in no mood to jump back in. I have a question for you. Yes. Is there a guy that got away that you regret? That, uh, that is because a, another excellent question. You weren't ready? Yes, yes. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, okay. Yes, in a way, in a way. I was so not ready. It would never have worked. It never would have lasted. It's not like I dated all kinds of jerks and losers. I mean, there were a few in there, but for it's the most for part, <laughs> the jerks and losers, yes. attorney at law, <laughs> Uh it just was i just it wasn't my time it wasn't you know but there were there were good guys that i dated and i'm sure would have married me but i just it wasn't i wasn't ready and okay. so but again that doesn't make me there's something wrong with me but uh looking back maybe there were some things this is what i'm saying that i needed that i didn't have the ability to go inward and figure out cuz i didn't have the tools and no one ever said to me you know is there a reason why you're still single really you know maybe we should look at this maybe we should examine this and i would have said no i'm you know but maybe now in retrospect yes there was stuff to examine you know, I can ask myself the same question, and I would say, no, I, I have no regrets. There wasn't anybody that I uh, wish I would have uh, been more successful with than I was. It just, you know, it, it was just the experience of going from one to another to another and then finding you. And- I think, thank you, by the way. And I, let me, I need to just, as a little caveat to that question, because it's not, I mean, there was, you are my, you are my meant to be. This was meant to be. Thank you, honey. And I, for reasons that are very more practical than romantic, have, being able to have a baby when the time was right, and, you know, that that's when I start to feel a little like, oh, man, did I miss the boat? I should have, you know, that was the time to do it, because then, you know, what happened. So... So, no, I really, what was the question again? <laughs> wow. Uh, 
we, I, I, you've answered it twice. Okay. Kind of, the point, of, so. I guess the point I'm making is that, yes, you can suck in relationships. You, you, there are ways you can improve. No doubt. That's what today is about. Okay. Okay. We're going to help you get better relationships. We're going to up your game, man. We're but you got to want to get better. Yes, you, you do. You have to want to oh, address it. Yes. You have to be able to look at that person in that mirror of yours and say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and of tired. Being t- of being sick and tired. Yes. And uh, I'm done being single or I'm done being in bad relationships. I want to be in a good one. Yeah. And it starts with me. Right. It, right. And there's stuff to look at. There's stuff to, you, you, it's not that there's, you're broken. I mean, maybe you are, but come on, people. There's always room for self-improvement. There's always room to, to make it better and tweak it, fix it, something. Okay. Right? So, yes, we are going to go to our first break, and then we are going to come back with our guest, Guy Finley. So we'll be right back. Now. Back to done being single with dating badasses, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. All right, we're back. And I, I have the honor of introducing Guy Finley, whose book I just loved. And um, I, I cannot wait to get into all of this with Guy. Uh, he is an internationally renowned spiritual teacher and best-selling self-realization author. His books and audio programs have sold over 2 million copies worldwide in 26 languages. Wow. His seminal work, The Secret of Letting Go, is considered a spiritual classic. Guy is the founder and director of Life of Learning Foundation, based in Merlin, Oregon, as well as the host of Life of Learning's Wisdom School, an online self-study program for personal self-discovery. His new book, Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together, is a practical guide that provides couples with the unique, enlightened tools to transform their relationships from mundane to magical. Welcome to Dunbean Single. Welcome, Guy. Guy Finley. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I read your book, and it was truly magical. And um, I love that part of the title is Waking Up Together, because it, for me, it doesn't mean, you know, technically waking up in bed together. It means waking, <laughs> your, waking your ass up, like, uh, uh, wake up, people, open your okay. eyes, right? Absolutely. All right, so tell us, how did you come to write this book about relationships? Well, you know, Trevi, Ravi, um, I've been writing books for several decades now, and the truth is, although it may not be as evident to the individuals who've read my past works, every book that I've ever written has been about relationship. Every single title, every angle on a spiritual idea or an insight is connected to the idea that it is through relationships that we grow. It's through relationships that we change. And the more capable we are, more awake we are to what the real purpose of relationships in our life are for, the more we're able to go through what I believe is the purpose of our existence on this planet as individuals, which is essentially to discover and grow into another kind of consciousness, uh, understand a love that isn't conditional and doesn't turn on a dime when somebody disappoints us. So all of my work, actually, Trevor, is about relationship, but this particular book 
It was more like the, uh, the hands-on version of uh, what is involved when we get involved with people or the world itself as we walk through it. Um, I want to talk, uh, God, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, you said the word disappointment. So uh, I need to ask you about, you, you say something about what happens when you fail to fulfill the role we've assigned our partners. What happens when that happens? We need to have a common ground, you, myself, Robbie, and the listeners, in order to understand what are some higher ideas about relationships? So if I may take a moment to uh, create a context for this conversation, would that be all right? Mm-hmm. Of course. So everybody knows how much they love going out into nature or seeing something natural, a mountain, an oceanscape, the fall leaves here in Southern Oregon. We all know and love those moments in nature because when we go out into those moments, the nature works like a kind of mirror for us. We may not realize it, but what we are experiencing in our hearts and our bodies when we see and feel that beauty is not just the beauty that's outside of us, but the revelation of that moment actually helps us awaken to Parts of ourselves that have beauty and strength and depth and courage that we're not normally aware of until we're in a certain environment in nature where we're suddenly more or less awakened to and realize, wow, you know, I love nature. What I'm saying is I love the way nature lets me see in myself all of these timeless qualities. Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, which it is, then why wouldn't the same exact truth hold when I'm with my partner and in that moment, instead of seeing that particular quirky smile or the way that they hold their head when they're trying to make a point, whatever it may be, that before when I saw it, I loved what I saw because it stirred in me something that could feel that that sensitivity or that gentleness. Why is it when they express something that runs counter to my wishes in the moment, why isn't it the same truth? Why aren't I experiencing in that moment, through the mirror of that relationship, some quality in my own consciousness that I didn't know was there before, but now I do, thanks to my partner? You follow me? Mm -hmm. Yes. What this means, if we can track together, is that the things that we see in our partner that disappoint us disappoint us in the moment they do because in that same instant that we feel the disappointment, see the fault, look at the limitation, what we're actually experiencing is something in ourself that we blame on our partner. As an example, we all know when we first fall in love and for however long the thrill lasts, of that excitement that can't be with my partner enough. We all know that we look at them as being the, the, the end all and be all. That's what love is about. I, I lose myself in you because I give myself to you completely. And as we go through that first stage of relationship, we are, without knowing it, 
sort of becoming conditioned to believe that our partner is, in fact, the reason why we're happy, the reason why we feel good and content in that relationship. And can we see if that's true, that we do start to become attached to, dependent on our partner for those marvelous sensations, that as our partner begins to change or exhibit behavior that's not the same, our sense of disappointment in them cannot be separated from our expectation that we brought with us into that moment. So we actually begin to have a real basis for responsibility where we understand, yeah, my partner may have done something that I didn't like, but what does their behavior have to do with me being negative towards them and blaming them for disappointing me? No one can disappoint me without my expectation going ahead of that moment. Wow. Well, okay, so that's there's a lot to unpack right there, and that's that's huge because the natural inclination is for us to put blame on how the other person made us feel. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about something. It isn't revolutionary. I, people, I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of media and radio, and people are saying the book is revolutionary. It's not. It's as old as time. No relationship can grow when blame is the game that the two people play in it. Period. It's impossible. Because the moment that I blame my partner, look, Let's say, uh, Trevor, you and I are just getting to know each other. Uh, we're becoming fast friends, maybe on a way to a partnership of some kind. And let's say that when we're together, at first it's just as good as you can get, and then suddenly you do something that hits one of those chords in me. I expect you to never contradict me. And there you are, the first time. You never contradicted me before because you wanted me to care about you, but now that's worn off a little bit and you say something I don't like. So I blame you on the spot. Trevor, what happens in you when I blame you for a pain that I feel? What goes on in you? Uh, I feel fairly unfairly judged or That's criticized right. and then That's get it. defensive because so, of it. So you push a button in me, I feel pain. I push back and you feel pain. I blame you for my pain, you blame me for yours, and when you have two people unknowingly pushing against one another because the other person isn't fulfilling the expectation of the moment, what you have is a recipe for a resentment that will eventually destroy the relationship. We have to go beyond blame to understand the real moment when we feel it. If we can get to that point and start to understand that relationships can serve an entirely different purpose in our life, then we have a chance of not just perfecting our relationship with one another, but actually gradually perfecting ourselves, which is what the relationship is actually for. So, Guy, using that example, if uh, there was a contradiction and uh, using you two as an example, and normally... Uh, I say normally uh, in a in a budding relationship or partnership, uh, when one person expresses something that might uh, cause the other person to feel disappointment, the other person can say, uh, "You have a path, you, a, a choice to take. Either uh, you can apologize. I I didn't mean to do that, 
uh, I'm sorry I made you feel this way, and I will try not to do that again in the future, uh, or, 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 or not deal with it that way. I don't, I'm, help okay, us out. I, I get yeah. it. I get what you're asking me. You're saying, if I understand that my partner's in pain, and that's why they pushed my button, and when they push my button, I'm going to push my partner's button. Yes. And that basically that amounts to war, a pattern of consistently blaming one another for something that neither of us actually understand why it's going on. We just are pushing each other's buttons. What's the alternative? So take a deep breath, or how are we doing on time? We got a minute or two before our first break. Right, we have, we have about a minute, so go ahead. All right, so I'll, I'll, just, I'll just touch on it, and we'll pick it up at the turn. That'd be great. <laughs> Look, I started by saying that when I'm in nature and I see something beautiful, that in the moment of seeing the beauty, I feel a beauty that corresponds to what nature shows me. So that nature is really showing me me when I'm in it. Nature reveals me to me. Nature helps me become conscious of my own being. If that's true, which it is, that nature serves as a special kind of mirror, then so is it true that our partner serves as a special kind of mirror. In the first stage, it's a mirror we can't look enough into. Everything we see is beautiful because everything we feel with our partner is beautiful. But that is not what love is. That's how we get drawn into a relationship where we can begin to use these mirrors properly so that little by little, instead of blaming our partner for what they bring up in us, we understand our partner has helped us see something in ourselves that is a limitation, not just to us, but to our romance. Okay. Okay. So, I have a question. Well, I no, have to wait. We, yeah, okay. we have to wait till the next break, but uh, we will keep keep going with this. Um, great guy, thank you for this. Uh, we are going to go to our our second break, and we will be right back. And now, back to done being single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, so here's what happened during the break. Uh, we started talking, and I was t- we were telling Guy that Robbie and I are relative n- newlyweds, uh, only been married for four and a half years, but I am really new. I'm just new at, at relationships and partnerships. So I am learning on the job, and Guy was giving me some great um, advice. And Let go ahead. Continue. Continue. into what we've been discussing so there's a, a line that everyone can continue to walk with us there isn't a moment in our life where we aren't in relationship with something in fact life really is when all is said and done relationship who am I without what I am relating to in the moment and what I'm relating to whether it's the deer that come to my window in the morning for their cob or relating to you and Robbie or uh, to, to my wife. I've been with my wife for almost 40 years. Great. Every last moment of those relationships is actually a revelation. It's actually a moment in which if I'm able to be present, mindful enough, 
I can see in myself and know directly without having to think about it aspects, qualities, characteristics of my own consciousness that prior to that moment of relationship I was asleep to. I didn't know, for instance, that there was something that could be set off that quickly. I didn't know that there was an expectation that demands no one contradict me, fill in the blanks. So that when we understand that the relationship is actually a moment in which life itself is saying, Guy, Trevor, Robbie, do you want to learn something new about yourself that you don't know about? Because if you do, then let me show you everything there is to see. We know the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. What do we think the mm. teacher is? It's the relationship in the moment. Mm-hmm. So right. that, we begin, if we understand that, to realize that just because my partner is bringing up something in me that is painful or making me suffer doesn't mean that my partner isn't helping me because I didn't know that I walk around with that, uh, that old fear that someone's going to betray me. I didn't know that was that pain that was unhealed remains mm-hmm. concealed in me. Mm-hmm. And my partner said something. I saw her look over at something and she said she wanted to buy something, whatever it is. And in that moment, what was concealed is suddenly revealed. And to the real point, in the moment it's revealed, if I'm aware of it, I have a chance to let it go because I know it's a limitation, not just in my own life, the way it makes me mechanically negatively react, but it's a limitation in my relationship with my partner as well because when I respond to my partner from that old, unhealed painful part of myself, all I give them is pain, and then it stirs the unhealed pain part of them, and you've got that pattern that goes nowhere. Yeah, and I think this is why relationships fail, because I think people bring into their relationships a lot of unhealed pain and suffering and fear, and you you drive that point home a lot um, throughout your book. I love this line where you say, love's power to reveal is also, also her power to help heal. Yes. And my question is, how much should you expect your partner to help you heal? Well, see, now, <laughs> all right, so here I am, or here's Robbie and Trevor, and, uh, Maybe some of the bloom, as it's natural. Love has stages to it. There's this first stage of the absolute bliss. The second stage is where where we used to see no faults at all. In fact, we'd go out of our way to avoid seeing an imperfection in our partner. Now, we kind of start to get the old rub. And when we feel the rub, we know what we do. But here's what we can start to understand if we're willing to. When I see an imperfection in my partner, the first thing I do, because it causes me pain, is I try to fix my partner. I tell him or her, one way or the other, I can do it passively aggressively, I can be sweet and demure, I can come at them with, did you know, as if, you know, I'm sort of waiting to tell them that they're doing something that's driving me nuts. We find a way, do we not, to tell our partner how to fix, how to be fixed, 
how to heal themselves. Do we not? Yes. Yes, um, Mike, but then that kind of begs the question, is it fair to ask our partner to change? Is it fair? Yeah. What happens to you when, let's say, Robbie makes a suggestion that you should change a certain behavior? Do you think, do you, do you think oh, Robbie, uh, thank you, I love you for pointing out that fault and I'm going to get right to work on it? Or no, that hasn't the happened. the fault itself stand up bow its back and point out to Robbie where he's missing the mark in the same way and that you wouldn't be the way you are if he wasn't the way he is. Am I making my point? Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so here's what happens. Listeners, this is a little exercise. Take your left hand and take your right hand and start to try to push as hard as you can your left hand away with your right hand. What happens when, now we'll say left hand is the person's fault you want to fix, the problem fault in your partner, and your right hand is your insistence based on an expectation they should be different. It's going to now try to push that partner into some new position so they'll be different. And what happens, Robbie, Trevor, when we push as hard as we can with our right hand against our left hand? What happens? Uh, my look. hand slips and punches Robbie in the face. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Basically, it's an isometric exercise. Yes, it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. Well, actually, something's happening. The left hand, the part that represents the part we don't want in someone, is actually strengthened because we're using a force against it and actually strengthening our certainty that we're right for pressing against the other partner so that in that moment absolutely nothing can change in either person because there isn't room for the healing to take place. I tell a story, I think it's in the book, about a little girl. Her father gives her a potted rose, a small potted rose, and wanting to please her father and having seen done done so, she takes her little rose and she plants it in the garden. Three weeks later, she's depressed. Her father says, what's going on, sweetheart? She says, my, my plant's not doing good. It's dying. Well, let's go see what's going on. They go out together, and what do you think the father discovers? She never took the little rose out of the pot. She put it in the ground in the pot, oh. and it can't grow. Its roots can't get down into the rich, dark earth that would nourish it. That's exactly what happens in our relationships when we try to fix the other person. Instead of understanding, if we could give our partner room to see the thing that we see, then they might, in seeing that fault, that limitation, actually want to change it because they would realize it, as we do, as being a limitation to our love. Wow. Okay. Okay, I get that. But my, I keep going back to... Um, you said getting negative, getting negative over seeing a fault or weakness in our partner is not their limitation; it's ours. Yeah. Okay, but what's so wrong with asking our partner to to try to change? Is there something? Is and, that asking too much? And let me further that by and let me further that by saying, 
what is wrong with the partner wanting to change to please her if she says something that I'm doing that she doesn't like. Is that too normal of a resolution? Yeah, no, listen to me. Here's the problem. You're trying to win something instead of learn something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're listening. Mm -hmm. We're all ears. Yeah. Here's how I'm going to get rid of my pain. I'm going to turn you into someone that doesn't produce it. (laughs) I can't do that. But I can use the moments where you stir in me this problem, this pain, a part of myself that can be aware of it. And incidentally, and if I become aware of, let's just say um, my wife accuses me of being impatient. I'm picking something off the top. And I start to realize, you know what, whenever she says I'm impatient, I, I, I don't see it at all. I don't understand it because I know that I'm trying to do the right thing as quickly as I can. And really, it's her fault for not seeing the intelligence in my action. But then one day, I'm sitting someplace and I, I act out something impatient and she's working with these principles. And instead of trying to point out to me again what needs to be fixed... She realizes there is a fixed part of her that had a father or a mother or a teacher that was always pushing and crushing her aspirations so that anything remotely like it would bring up in her this negative reaction that she would then project onto me as being impatient. Whether I was or wasn't isn't the question. The point is that there's an unhealed, there's a, something that's not healed in my wife's heart. And when she understands that the moment can help her awaken to that limitation, because it's always a limitation if I blame people, blaming is limitation enacted. Mm -hmm. If if she sees it, then she gives me room. And if she lets me see myself as I am, instead of trying to make me see myself the way I am, then maybe I see the need to change because there's room. And the only way that room appeared is that she gave me the room by giving up the part of her that wants to uh, put it all in a pot, get it planted so that it's perfect according to her idea of a relationship. My gosh. Uh, We we have a a minute to a, a, a break. I just want to make one comment, and that is that you can only, I mean, most people are not as enlightened as you are, Guy. And uh, I'm sure that if if you were to go out in the world with with what you are and how you are, uh, you should only hope to find somebody that is enlightened or else how are you to get your partner to get to the level that you are at? And that might be too loaded of a question before we go no, to a break. It's not. But- it's not. And I'll give you a quick answer. We'll go to the break. Great. When we understand the nature of relationship is to awaken us to a love that is unconditional, then every person we meet, every problem we face, is our teacher, helping us to realize the limitations in our own heart and mind so that in their recognition, we can begin to let go of something that no longer serves us. Okay. Hmm. That is to the point. Okay. All right, so so we're going to go to our, our last break here. Okay, good. And uh, come back with uh, more of Guy Finley. We'll be right back. 
And now back to Dunn being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. All right, uh, we are back, and you know we do have some great periods in between during our breaks, don't we? Yeah, we don't stop talking. We, we don't stop talking. It's kind of like we the have show to continues. remind everybody: save it for the show, save it for the show. It's so like overtime because it's really it's like overtime with yes. Omar. Uh, There's so much here. There's so much great stuff. So we're, uh, so we're back many, with Guy Finley, and uh, I, I had a, a you know just hearing how you uh, are expressing yourself. My my question is: You've been married for forty years. Uh, do you and your wife have a, a telepathy between the two of you so you know when you get to a point that there might be a conflict but you are able to avoid it? Or how, how are you able to uh, avoid these things in your, in your marriage? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question because it, it points to a, a, an unbelievable misperception that we have about relationships and their purpose. We're not meant to avoid anything. See, that's our mindset. I avoid whatever you do that makes me feel pain. And I avoid it and I avoid it until I can't stand it anymore. And then I'm all up in your face. That's not relationship. That's a relationship based on what we imagine love is supposed to be about. Instead of actually living what love gives us to discover about ourselves through our relationships with one another. And to the point, and I, I, I don't usually bring it up, but we've been together nearly 40 years, and I can tell you without hesitation, we have never raised our voices at each other once. Not once. And that's in part because both of us understand she's a, she's a spiritual woman. I met her early on. I was just turning 30 years old. I'm nearly 70 now. Uh, we both understand that when, when, we're, when, when anger takes the lead, anger is not just what you're following, but anger is where you're going to arrive at. So that the whole of this book of my work is to introduce men and women to the idea that just because somebody does something we don't like and it stirs anger in us or disappointment or resentment or whatever it may be, doesn't mean that we have to serve the anger that they've awakened. We can use the appearance of our disappointment, our resentment, our impatience. We can use the, the appearance of those negative, unhealed parts of ourselves to serve love instead of what that negative state wants us to serve. Look, when we get negative, doesn't our negativity tell us that if we just let it out, get that person on the straight and narrow, that once they're on the straight and narrow, we'll be over our pain and things will be back to the way they should be. Isn't that basically the mindset? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, if that was true, then why do we keep coming back and coming back and coming back to the exact same condition? And the reason is the condition is not the problem. The condition, if we understand it properly, actually reveals the consciousness in us responsible for it. So the condition, no matter what it is, actually becomes our friend. That's why Christ said, love thine enemies. Because there's a way for a human being to understand his or her relationship with others, where no matter what it is the person does, not that they're right for being negative. Let's get that across. 
Not that there's ever any reason to be abusive, but we're all in pain, and pain makes us mean. Mm -hmm. And when we're Mm -hmm. mean, we don't know Mm -hmm. what to do with our pain except blame people for it. That's the cycle of the old consciousness. The new consciousness is the understanding of that cycle and our willingness to step out of it for the sake of love. So that instead of crucifying my partner with the part of me that's in pain, I become aware of my own pain and I agree to give it up as best I can so that I can learn about that part of myself, see its limitation, and give love a real chance, which would be my partner to see themselves the way they are because I'm doing the same thing. I, I agree. Uh, there is a, you say something in your book that... that um that definitely supports that. You say the real reason behind the nature of any escalating conflict is we don't know what to do with our own pain. Yep. I so believe that. Look, I know look, I can look, see it in myself. Trevor, I, I, I just love that you understand that, or at least have an insight into it. Why, why uh, do I ever hurt any human being? But for, let's back up. First of all, When I'm angry at my partner, do I actually think, God help me if I do, do I actually think my point here in telling my partner about what they did that hurt me, my point is to hurt them? Or do I actually think when I'm telling them they hurt me, that I'm telling them how to love me and how much I love them as I sit there and hurt them? I mean, can you see the contradiction? Mm -hmm. So love, If listeners, you want to write down a few things to live with and think about? Love never blames. Love never separates. Never, never does love hold our partner's feet to the flame for our partner disappointing us. Never does love serve up a bitter dish. Rather, love always serves itself the dish it would serve our partner before it gives it to them so that we can taste what our partner is about to taste. And if we do that, we're not going to give it to them because it tastes so bad. I think a lot of people feel that they're bad at relationships because of unfulfilled expectations that they go in with and then realize once they're in it, they're not getting their needs met. And that they're putting too much either pressure or expectation on the partner to fill what's empty or heal what's broken. or, And I think that's where a lot of relationships go off the rails. I love, I mean, I, I love, that, I love that you said that, Trevor, because in that negativity that gradually destroys the relationship is an assumption that's incomplete. And the incomplete assumption is that I know what love is and how it's supposed to act. What if love is not just my partner pleasing me, but love is my partner helping me release myself from my own old pains that I don't know about without my partner? What if we have a new definition of love that allows us to embrace both what we would call the beautiful moments and the bitter ones as well, because we understand the purpose of love is to awaken us to all that we are. So that in being awakened to all that we are, including our relationship with a timeless love, 
We're no longer looking to the other person to be the end-all, be-all, which they could never be to begin with. Um, this is guy. We have to uh, wrap we're, it, we're the show at, right now, but yeah, I, I, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find you. And it's very simple. Just go to relationshipmagicbook.com. One word, relationshipmagicbook.com. And if you go there, you'll find a way, either through the major retailers or any way you want. If you buy the, the magic book, the Relationship Magic Book, you get a free download on the spot of the audio version that I read, a free MP3, a 90-minute talk on higher love, and free access to a webinar and live-streamed event that I just gave where we talk about these principles in depth. So relationshipmagicbook.com is where to go to get these gifts and the book. And I, I want to say, just from my own experience, this book really resonated with me because it's a, it's tough love, but it's more love than tough. It's written in this most beautiful, loving, gentle way just like that really spoke to me. And we usually offer a tip of the week um, some, at some point toward the end of the show. And I want to offer our listeners a tip of the week from your book and... Yeah. Here's, here's, okay, here we go. Instead of blaming your partner for making you aware of some limitation in yourself, say silently to yourself, thank you, I didn't know that about myself. And that to me is some good shit right there. Silently <laughs> say to yourself, thank you, I didn't know that about myself. We have to say goodbye. So it's that okay. was worth the whole, Bye, that was worth everything. Maybe Thank you. Thank you. Guy, we look forward to that. Very much. Very much. Thank you Appreciate so much. It. Guy Finley, everybody. All right. Uh, happy birthday, Shadow. And, uh, and we thanks, are everybody. done being single. We are, and we, done, will, we are so done being yeah, single. We are. And we will be back next week. Have a great week. See you next week on Done Being Single. 